Hey, I'm Ashley McGee. I'm a health coach, military officer, and military spouse. I'm passionate about helping military women live their happiest and most abundant lives by improving their health. If you're looking for actionable tips and tricks to get healthier while balancing your hectic life, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Healthy Women Warriors podcast. I am super excited. I'm here with Courtney Boyer, who is a certified life coach and sexuality educator. Yes, ladies, I said that right. (laughs) Courtney, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Ashley. I'm so excited to be here. Yay! Yeah. So, and I just have to, like, everyone needs to know this. Where are you right now? (laughs) I'm in Rome, Italy right now. (laughs) Yeah. So for all of us that are, uh, haven't been able to travel thanks to COVID, I I am, I'm super jealous. I'm Uh, sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good. It's good. But I, I have a feeling this is going to relate. I always like to ask my guests starting Mm -hmm. off, you know, what is your connection to the military? So my husband is an active duty, um, physician in the army. Okay. And, um, we have been in the military for, uh, over 10 years now. Wow. And where is he currently stationed? He is stationed in Launchville, Germany, but he is currently deployed. Gotcha. So you get Mm -hmm. to enjoy Europe and, and he's off doing. I know it's really, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I understand my husband just got back from deployment. He was in Qatar for like nine months and okay. uh, it's actually our first time living together after two years of marriage. So, oh my gosh, well, congratulations <laughs> and good luck. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, uh, definitely, definitely fun though. And I'm really excited that I found you because as I mentioned in the intro, you are a sexuality educator, mm-hmm. which that is definitely a unique career path. I'm curious, Mm -hmm. how did you end up here? Yeah. So a weird way. Um, right. That's how all fun adventures begin. So originally, um, I was pre-law, like I wanted to be a lawyer. Well, at least I thought I wanted to be a lawyer for forever. And my dad was actually, um, he was a private investigator who Mm -hmm. specialized in child child sexual abuse allegations. So Mm -hmm. I had been exposed to a lot of, um, the sexuality world in sort of, right? Like the really bad kind of things. He owned his own business and I started working for him when I was 14 and Mm -hmm. was really more interested in the lost side of it, at least I thought. And so then I go to college. I went to a small um, liberal arts school in Eastern Washington and um, grew up in the church. And uh, they did a really horrible job of talking about sexuality also. So I get to this Christian college and... um, I start meeting people who've had different experiences and see the world differently. And it really opens my eyes to just so many mm-hmm. different things. And I started to be drawn more to like the relational aspect of, of people's mm-hmm. stories and really like the social justice and, and really wanting to be that supportive friend, but also, um, like help people on their journey. And mm-hmm. so then I read the women's room in like a gender politics and law class, I think. And uh, mm-hmm. that just kind of life. And I was like, I want to study sexuality. <laughs> and my dad was like, but um, okay, that's <laughs> not the career path I thought for you. But I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, because like the internet 
a lot of programs weren't online at that point. Mm -hmm. And so um, we moved to Indianapolis and I started graduate school in sociology and was like, ah, this isn't really what I want. But in the meantime, my husband got into med school and joined the military. And so then we were kind of stuck there. So I found a distant learning program and would fly to Philadelphia several times a semester and um, got my master's in um, sexuality education. And then worked as a sexuality educator for a couple of years and had people come up to me and afterwards and, and would be like, is this normal? How do I, f- I, you know, and I wanted to treat them clinically, but I didn't have that experience. So mm-hmm. I said, honey, I want to go back to school again. <laughs> and um, so I went back and got another master's in mental health counseling. And then we, um, PCS and um, finished up my internship. And then when we were in Washington state, I opened up a mental health and sex therapy practice wow. and worked there and loved it. And then PCS again. <laughs> right. And so then um, having to keep up with all of these, like every state has a different licensure and requirement and supervise, supervisory, whatever. So Um, and at that time we had just had our third child. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to stay at home. I've got a newborn, a two-year-old and a four-year-old and did like speaking stuff and just did more consulting work. Mm -hmm. And then when we moved again, (laughs) thank you military, um, I decided to, um, uh, discover coaching and went into that world and have loved really the switch to that. Um, it's, it's a little bit different. It really focuses on like your future and accomplishing and, um, wanting to achieve something and move towards something. And the counseling can be a a lot of like dealing with your past. And thankfully I'm trained in both. And so I love both of them, but I definitely have appreciated the flexibility that uh, coaching offers because it's not a regulated industry. Yeah. That is my, my round, my long story. I'm sorry. That's not like a succinct answer for you. No. Uh, I find with military stories, it's, it's never succinct, right? Like there's, (laughs) there's always a long path and, and that's great, right? That's, that's what makes this interesting and fun to talk about. And definitely really fascinating that your first introduction was through your dad dealing with, you know, child Mm -hmm. sexual trauma and abuse, you know, it's, really heavy stuff, but then for mm-hmm. you to your path to be really the, the lighter th- side of things, the, the side that's mm-hmm. giving hope. And I'm curious being a military spouse, I kind of assume that you have spent a lot of time with other spouses around, like, mm-hmm. have you done a lot of work in the military community? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Worked with tons of families, couples. Um, I typically don't work with couples anymore. I really just tend to work with women. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I've worked. I've worked with them all. <laughs> Have you seen a lot of survivors of like military sexual trauma, and and help them work through that that piece of it? Um, I I know what you're referring to and. I don't work with a lot of active duty members themselves. Typically Mm -hmm, I work mm -hmm. with the dependents Mm -hmm. um, and not because I don't want to work with the uh, active duty. It's just, I think there's still such a mistrust and like, wait, like what's your connection? And Mm -hmm. um, like that protection, especially when it comes to things like a serious sexual trauma. 
Unfortunately, no, I haven't. Um, I mean, I've been I've been trained in in dealing, especially with sexual trauma, but not with the military person themselves. Like I, I typically have just worked with the the dependent who've had a history of um, sexual trauma. Okay, yeah. yeah the The reason I ask that is um, mm-hmm. one of my collateral duties. I'm actually a uniformed victim advocate, so oh, I've awesome. done the advocacy side of the house, right? And I do think it's so important to have resources outside of the military because yes. there's also a lot of mistrust within the military. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we saw this is being recorded in October of 2020. We, we saw everything that happened with, um, Vanessa Gillen this year, yes. you know, Ugh. yeah, awful. So I think it's really powerful that you are, you know, in the community, serving the community. And this podcast is really for women, in the military community in general, because we're a stronger community together and, mm-hmm. and trying to break down the the barriers between like active duty and spouses, I think is something that's really important and not something I really understood until I became a dual military spouse. Mm-hmm. But I, I love that you are in the community and I do hope that more people find you, you know. Thank you. Hey, Ashley here. I'm popping in really quick because I want to talk about healthy eating. Do you struggle with healthy eating? Do you want to learn how to eat clean, but you have no idea what that actually means? Do you want some recipes that are fast and easy to make and also taste delicious? No more living off of salads for you. Believe me, you aren't the only one. With so much conflicting information out there, healthy eating can be overwhelming and confusing. That's why I created my seven-day clean eating challenge. Enjoy simple recipes, a complete shopping list, and daily health tips to take the confusion out of healthy eating and feel better in your body in just seven days. You can start the challenge at ashleymcgee.com slash clean eating challenge. See you there. I do want to go back to, you were talking a little bit about being raised in the church, Uh right? And all that goes with that. So I want to talk a little bit about the kind of the the shame and guilt mm. that women are carrying around when it comes to sexuality and and maybe some ways to work through that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like where do I start? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean women we just aren't given like a fair Well, let me just say sexuality in general is not embraced or Mm. celebrated. There's so much misunderstanding. And when I refer to the term sexuality, I think people forget that like sex intercourse is really only one aspect of it. Like Mm -hmm. sexuality is about relationships and, you know, like body processes and, um, intimacy, not just physical, but like emotional and spiritual and and, and so many different aspects. It's about Mm -hmm. gender roles and orientation and how people identify and right. It's this whole big gamut. And I think there's so much confusion around one, let alone any of those topics that Mm -hmm. so many people shy away. So like, let's just not talk about it. Let's pretend like it doesn't exist. And we all know how effective that goes because sexuality can be such a, um, a fluid or a, um, it's not like a black and white, right? Like you can Mm -hmm. ask 10 different people what sex is in a room and you can get 10 different answers. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, trust me, I've done workshops in that. And it's really (laughs) fascinating. Right. (laughs) And so I think because there's that lack of concrete, like, don't do this, you can't do this. Like 
and, and people are hesitant to because of their own shame and their own baggage, they're hesitant to go and seek that knowledge. So I'm yeah. kind of a unicorn in one respect because there's not a lot of people of faith in the sexuality community, right? In terms mm-hmm. of like professionals, education, a lot of people are what you call secular and not, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I don't um, teach from a faith-based perspective. I just, I teach from values-based, right? So I empower mm-hmm. my clients, no matter their beliefs um, mm-hmm. to figure out what it is that why they believe what it is they believe. Um, Mm. if you want to incorporate, um, aspects of your faith, absolutely. I'm a big fan of that. And if they want to specifically incorporate aspects of the Christian faith, which is what I still am, I'm happy to do that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I would say that there's just this lack of, right. So there's that aspect. And then on top of that, um, women for centuries decked out, you know, millennium have been so distrusted and not seen as equal. And so then when it comes to their, I don't know, their powers of sexuality, I guess, mm-hmm. um, over men or just in general, like there's just this like repression that goes on, like, mm-hmm. nope, can't trust mm-hmm. you because you cause all of these people to stumble. And so, um, let's just go ahead and like, just dump some shame and some guilt on you and, you know, tell you that that skirt's too short and and what all that's wrong. And -hmm. so what I see with a lot of women is something that I've coined the sexual gatekeeper syndrome is -hmm. that um, women have become the sexual gatekeepers of society, right? Like, so we are the ones, no, you, you don't wear that out in public because then that gives the impression that you're inviting unwanted attention. You're inviting an unwanted touch Mm -hmm. um, or something more. Um, Mm -hmm. And so women, learn to say, no, 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 I don't want sex. No, I I don't like sex. No, I don't want to do these things. Mm -hmm. And so then when they become in relationships, right? Like after years and years of saying, no, stop, I'm not, I'm not interested in this. I don't like sex. What? That's gross. Then they're supposed to like flip a switch and be like, this is like the best thing ever. Like, no, (laughs) that does not happen people. Right. And so then I have so many women that I work with who are just miserable, right? They're miserable in a lot of areas of life and, and their sexuality is also a symptom of this overall, like, nope, we don't care about your desires. We don't care about your dreams, family first, um, your spouse first, like those are the things that matter. And, um, you're, you know, you get the leftovers. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. That's a lot again. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. I, I like my feminist heart is just like, ah, <laughs> it's, uh, yes. You no. Know, yeah. I, I, I have a, a favorite key and peel sketch and I, I don't know if you've seen this one, uh-huh. but, but my favorite key and peel sketch is, is called cunnilingus class. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there is one point where in unison, they say vaginas are confusing. <laughs> and that's literally what I think of when I think about the kind of the repression and and the scariness of like Mm -hmm. women's power and our sexuality and that, yeah, like from a really, really young age, you're told that anything that happens to you attention wise is your fault and it's Mm -hmm. complete and other utter bullshit. So people that listen to this podcast know, I guess (laughs) (laughs) curse like a sailor is not an exaggeration. So so then how, how do you start to kind of take those chains off of yourself mm-hmm. and, and open up and even explore pieces of your sexuality that you may not have known? And, and uh, 
perfect example for me is like, I didn't really figure out I was bisexual until I was married because Mm -hmm. I finally had the freedom to like actually think about my sexuality. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've actually seen that with quite a bit of women too, is it's almost like, because I have this security, um, this security and then this container or constraint almost, it allows me to have this freedom. Now society won't be like, Oh, it's just a phase or like, why does it even matter? What if you are attracted to both men and women, you're already married. Like, how is that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is important, right? It is, it's a part of, it's a part of your identity. It's not how you're defined though. So how do you fix this? Right? Like what's, what's Mm -hmm. the answer, Courtney? Do I have a magic pill? (laughs) <laughs> Probably There's no, never guys. Magic pill. There, there's no magic pill, right? I am sorry to tell you. Um, honestly, the first answer that always comes to mind is you have to believe that you deserve more. Like you have to believe that you are worthy of a great, a great, whatever, a great sex life, a great relationship, a great marriage, a great, um, all of the things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if, if you don't believe that you're worth investing the time, money, and energy, um, then you will not get those things. You have mm-hmm. to say, okay, I I've heard about talk. People have talked about this great thing. And, um, I just don't know if it's for me. Like, no, you have to believe like, okay, I know this exists. I know I can feel more or experience this or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that absolutely has to be the first step. I mean, there's really a variety of ways to get there. Um, I've created um, a couple of programs that help women do that. I recently actually just launched what's called Flip Your Sex Switch. And it's actually, it's a really affordable, uh, like really achievable, attainable program. It's like, you can do it in a weekend. Um, It's really meant to like help build that confidence and gives you a ton of suggestions and actually there's a workbook that goes with it. And there's a Spotify playlist. And I mean, it's really like a really comprehensive, cool little program. Um, and, and the reason why I called it flip your sex, which is really this nod of growing up in the church where say no to sex. No, no, no. It's bad, gross, dirty. And then the day you get married, you're supposed to flip a switch and mm-hmm. like sex is great and everything's out and you're a sex maniac and you love it, but not too much because let's, you know, not go too crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there there's that there's, um, Uh, another program that it's more in-depth that's one-on-one it's called rewrite your sex story and it's really about going back and understanding like what are these like messages that I have received like I love to use the garden analogy and when we're born we get like this plot of land and and over time people will plant all the things without our permission not because they're intruding but that's just conditioning right and that's just societal expectations and like manners and all of these things and when we get to adulthood, we get to decide now, like, do I really want a rose bush in here? I don't even like roses. They actually, I'm allergic to them. Right. Like, but no one has given these women permission to, to go and take an inventory of their garden and be like, yeah, no, that's ugly. I don't want that. Or like, yeah. ah, I do love that. I just, it scares me. I don't understand that. And yeah. so we basically go through this garden and understand how to renovate it or, um, re-landscape it, if you will. And, uh, and really celebrate it and, and nurture it and be excited about it and, um, and change, change the narrative essentially. Yeah. So yeah. And, and any type of professional help really, because you're dealing with, I mean, for some women, I, I, I have clients who have 
decades, right? Decades of these negative, harmful messages that they have so ingrained into who they are. Mm-hmm. And it is, mm-hmm. um, it's not something you can read like one book and like, yep, okay, <laughs> I'm fixed now, right? I mean, it's really this daily process that, right? If you're, if you're struggling with um, being overweight, you know, you go and you hire a nutritionist or you work with a personal trainer or all of the above to really combat these negative um, habits and these harmful habits. And mm-hmm. totally, I'm a big fan of tapping into people who like are experts in things, right? They went to mm-hmm. school, they know what they're doing. I could, right. You could absolutely read tons of books and listen to all the podcasts and do it yourself. But then that is going to take a ton of time and a mm-hmm. ton of energy. And so mm-hmm. you can really bypass that by working with professionals who've already spent all these years and all this money to get degrees and certifications and stuff. Totally. Yeah. Yes. I, I totally agree. And it's one of those things too. I, with my clients, I, the first module basically that they go through is, is mindset, even though I'm teaching them, you know, healthy habits, it's like, we, we have to start with what's going on in your head because same thing. If you, if you don't feel that you're worthy, if you don't feel that you're enough, you're never going to be able to sustainably respect your body. And that's really what, what health comes back to. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and letting go of the things that don't serve you. And Oh, preach it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yep. I I mean, I think that, I think that alone needs to be probably in every woman's like mantra, you know, book in the back of their head, right? Like taking a deep breath, like I am letting go of the thing that does not serve me right now. Absolutely. Yes. So, so important. I love that. I also want to ask you, you know, Mm -hmm. when it comes to kind of the relationship side and being in the military community, do you have any, you know, words of wisdom for women that are either spouses that are left at home or, you know, deployed female service members that are doing their thing somewhere? And how, how can you maintain that healthy relationship? How do you, you know, deal with your own sexuality when you are alone? <laughs> All that good Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So in terms of relationships, communication, right? There has mm-hmm. got to be like just some basic um, rules are not the right word. Boundaries, uh, maybe um, expectations. That's the mm-hmm. word. Um, mm-hmm. Like this is, this is what I expect from you. This is what I need from you. This is what I'm a- allowing. Again, it's not like you're asking for permission, but um, mm-hmm. you know, I am not a, I'm very much like if it works in your relationship, and it's not harming anybody. Like you're not like, you know, harming things, um, do it right. Like if it works for you, it is, it might not be quote conventional. Mm-hmm. I am not here to judge you. I could care less what you do. And we're honest and open. And that's a big thing too, right? Like I, I mm-hmm. think, um, so figuring out what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with. So, you know, couples who, um, you know, sex or do phone stuff or, you know, video sex or whatever, like that's fantastic. Like if you're comfortable doing that, do it. If you Mm -hmm. hate it, if you hate it, you are absolutely allowed to hate that. You do not have to do that if you're not comfortable with it. So, Mm -hmm. but your, your partner's not a mind reader. And so it's really important. And that's where resentment, right. Comes in is you Mm -hmm. end up engaging, doing things, not necessarily sexually, just anything that you despise or you hate. And then that builds up because you don't speak about it. And then that continues to build up. And then it's just all of these things. And then over Mm -hmm. time that erodes the relationship. 
Totally. Um, so yeah, definitely communication and it's okay that the conversation's awkward, right? Like you don't, but like my husband and I have never had to have this, like, what are we going to do about sex? Like while you're gone, like, because that hasn't been a part of our, um, like TDYs and stuff were manageable, but this long deployment has conversations, not just about sex in general, but in all, a lot of other things, mm-hmm. we just had never addressed some certain issues and not because we're not, I mean, we've been married for almost 16 years and, um, we've, thought we dealt with it all, but you know, military life throws in that extra layer. And so, and thankfully we're good communicators and we're comfortable enough to where we can say, Hey, we could easily let this go under the rug and not address it. And just be like, Oh, did no, but because we value and we love and we respect each other, we Mm -hmm. let's just call it out. We're going to talk about it. How do we feel about it? Cool. All right. Move on. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like your question. It totally does. And I also feel like the, you know, step one of every long distance relationship ever is communication, but it totally makes sense. Right. But, but again, it goes back to also taking that, that guilt and shame out of it by actively communicating and, and keeping the resentment out of it again, by actively communicating. I think that's another thing with women, right? Like we, we say no, no, no. Right. But when you're supposed to flip that switch and be like this, you know, sexual, like vixen suddenly is it's hard to say no to actually that's like not something I enjoy or it's not something I'm comfortable Mm -hmm. with. Right. So having like the self-empowerment to be like, no, actually like these are the things I like. These are the things I don't like. Mm -hmm. And I'm willing to discuss that. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I do want to ask, what are some common myths or misconceptions that you see in your line of work? And, and can we, can we bust some of them? I, I feel like there's, there's so much good stuff here. Oh man. Some misconceptions, kind of what you were talking about, um, that you discovered your bisexuality, like in your marriage, mm-hmm. I see something with that almost, um, basically like once I married, like sex is just kind of meh right? Like it's stagnant. Mm -hmm. There's, um, almost like I've arrived, right? It's like Mm -hmm. the end done having to race that marathon. Got my right. But it's really, (laughs) um, just the beginning. And for so many women, especially if they grew up in a, in a religious household where sex was not something that was allowed or encouraged or celebrated. Mm -hmm. And so for a lot of women, this may be the first time in their life where they can explore all the things. And really think about, oh gosh, what does turn me on? What does excite me? What Mm -hmm. do I identify as, right? Like, who am I attracted to? Mm -hmm. So I think that that is a big one is that it's almost like women have this misconception that I'm, I married a man. I can only be attracted to men and be with this one person. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not ever encouraging infidelity. Um, It's just this other world, right? This other side of you. So, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a good misconception. Mm. I like that. Oh, I think there's a fear that as we age, that sex isn't as good because where our bodies aren't as small and fit and tight and all of these things. And what mm-hmm. I've actually seen is the complete opposite that w- as women get older, they can become more comfortable with who they are, what they mm-hmm. want and asking mm-hmm. for what they want. And that, that confidence and also that desire, just the whole arousal experience is phenomenal compared to when they were a teen and in their twenties and, and as they age. 
Oh, that's that's so, a good that's one. Exciting, right? Yeah. I love that one. Yeah. Mm. Do you have any from your like that you see? Gosh, I'm trying to think. What oh. about uh sex after having kids? Oh, you know, yeah. That kind of good stuff. Yeah, there is a big fear. And there's talk about mindset. Oh gosh, you have to do so much mind work to really start to, when you become a mom, as I I said, I've got three kids. And so every time you, you have to make that effort. And this is something that I really work with women around is that who you are as a woman, you have to find that first Mm -hmm. and then understand that yes, and you're a mom and you're a, a spouse or a partner or wife or whatever but first you're you. Mm -hmm. And you, if you don't see yourself as this individual first, then you will be sucked dry by those kids of yours. They will eat just every ounce of energy and time and all of the things because they are needy human beings, right? Like, (laughs) and and there's this fear and guilt around, Mm -hmm. you know, motherhood that is so strong. And like, when you're, when a lot of women are in mom mode, they're like, that, like, that's not sexy for them. That's not mm-hmm. like something that like, they don't feel empowered being a mom. They feel mm-hmm. exhausted and overwhelmed and defeated mm-hmm. constantly. And so mm-hmm. it's really about, um, helping them to embrace who they are in all of these different roles. Mm-hmm. But like specifically to your question about, you know, our bodies do change. And so Sometimes what felt good before baby may not feel good after baby, but Mm. there's a lot of things that may feel awesome after baby, but you have to be willing to put yourself out there. There's again, there's multi-layered fear of, ah, but my body, like, will my partner see my body differently? And I have worked with some couples that the partner does see the, the woman who just gave birth differently. It's a really hard shift for the male partner in some cases to be like, ah, but that my child came out of there. And now my wife, those breasts that were once mine are now nursing, not, you know, not mine, but like Mm -hmm. now nursing our child that we love and care. And so there, there's some mindset work with partners that I have to do sometime. Um, Mm -hmm. but if you're willing, you can absolutely work through anything. You just have to, again, be willing to be uncomfortable. My favorite quote, one of them is discomfort is a currency to our dreams. Like if you are not willing to cash in that discomfort, you will not grow. You will not change. Mm -hmm. You just, you can't, you won't. And that's in all things, right? Like whether you're trying to like learn how to touch your toes, like there's discomfort in your hamstrings, right? They're saying, no, don't do it. It's so, it hurts. But eventually over time, the more effort and work you put into it, yeah, you can absolutely touch your toes, but it's going to cost you some discomfort. I love that. Discomfort is the currency at our dreams. That's so spot on. And yeah, I'd say all the time, I'm like, push the point where you're most uncomfortable because that's where the most growth happens. It's totally true. Oh, and it's so hard. It's so hard, but it's so worth it. Absolutely. And, you know, I was, I was talking about, uh, the, how we define success the other day Mm. and shifting the way we define success as instead of, you know, either success or failure being like a singular point, success is really growth and change. Right. Right. So I, I, I love, I love that, you know, focus on again, growing, changing, pushing yourself to the point of uncomfortable, but still, you know, pushing through that and seeing, seeing what's on the other side. Cause yeah, I, I've never heard anyone talk about like 
how your body changes after pregnancy and how things may feel different and, and exploring mm-hmm. that. So thank you. That's really, and, and like selfishly, I, you know, we're probably going to try to start a family, you know, next year. So I'm, I'm kind of just gathering, you know, all of these different experts in different areas. Like, let me pick your brain. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I've like, I've had some, um, clients who, when they were pregnant, like they, that was the most sexual, like sexually aroused they had ever been. Right. Mm-hmm. They're just, and I've got other clients who, um, we're pretty much in the toilet most of the time because they were so sick. And yeah. like, so it's just this gamut, but really just being in tune with your body and just going with it, like allowing it. Ugh, love it. Love it. Well, Courtney, um, kind of wrapping up here, yeah. is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to make sure you get out there, you know, to the masses <laughs> again, I'm putting yeah. you on the spot. I know. <laughs> no, I think I, I just, I really want women to know that like, wherever they're at, like their journeys matter, they matter. And if they want something more, which I mean, and it's not more like, gosh, I want like to live in a mansion or or to go to Italy or like, those are great more things, you know, but it's also like, maybe I want to just feel good when I look in the mirror or like, maybe I want to, um, not resent my kids. Or maybe I want to like not feel exhausted every day or feel like unaccomplished every day. Like it, it, it can be big and small things and, mm-hmm. and you're worth that, that want of more because you deserve and you're incredible and amazing. And, um, and that's the, the really great thing about working with a coach is that like, that's what, that's what I help my clients do is help them realize and I'm their cheerleader. Cause there's a lot of women that I talk to who they don't have anybody, right. They like, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they're married with kids and they have like all these friends, but they feel so alone yeah. and they feel unseen. And that's mm-hmm. one of my, the privileges that I have is I get to see these women in their struggles and like walk through this journey with them. Mm, love that. Couldn't have said better mm-hmm. myself. So Thank you. <laughs> Courtney, if, if you know what you've said has resonated with someone, if they want to learn more, how, how can they find you? Where can they learn more from you? Yeah. So my website is the stepping stones coach.com. And, um, you can follow me on social media, um, at the stepping stones coach. I run a private Facebook group of women only called stepping stones with Courtney. If you want to check that out. And I just launched this new program. You can find it on my website. It's like at the top banner of that and opt in for my mailing list. I also offer a free self-coaching guide. You can find that at the stepping stones coach dot com slash free guide. Awesome. And of course I'll have all those links in the show notes as well. Courtney, thank you so much. This was a really insightful conversation. And I, you know, I hope, I hope we as women continue to have these conversations to Mm -hmm. really break down these stigmas and open up, you know, our own power and sexuality, because I think Mm -hmm. it's so important. And Uh, I think we're seeing that shift in society. I want to keep happening. (laughs) Absolutely. Keep going. Get on that train. That's right. Totally. Awesome. Thank Thank you you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I had a great time and thank you. You've just finished another episode of the Healthy Women Warriors podcast. If you like the show, can you do me a favor? Go rate and review it. I would really appreciate it. And once you do, post a picture and tag at Ash McGee Coach so I can shout you out. Talk to you next week.